I think today's message is incredibly important for all of those that just feel separated, distant, isolated. Because today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's presence. So I'm going to share with you my first experience with the Holy Spirit. And it was very unique. Now, I was born Irish Italian Catholic, and then I was confirmed Lutheran. And so there were mainline Protestant churches, you know, just very like, do this, do this, do this. And so then my mom started getting connected with this other church that was new, and she just got really excited about faith. And I was happy for her, but you could just back off a little bit. So, yeah. So I was a teenager, maybe 15, 16, somewhere in that age. And it was a summer and I was supposed to mow the lawn, but I wanted to go hang out with friends and I didn't want to mow the lawn. So I like to be a little bit of a thinking man's rebel. Like I didn't just tell mom, no, I don't want to do it. Cause I didn't like fights and arguments for the sake of fights and arguments. So I took the lawnmower and I positioned it to the thickest, thickest, thickest part of the lawn. And there I was just for like five minutes. Nothing's happening. I'm like, mom, can't get the lawnmower started. Nothing. So she's like, huh, that's weird. And she does what every great single mom does when she goes to fix something. She went and grabbed the butter knife. Grabbed it. How's the oil? Check the oil. Oh, it's fine. How's the spark? Spark plug's fine. How's this? How's that? You know, we had this conversation. And she said, what? We're going to pray about it. And I was like, you know, typical teenage response. Okay. So we're in my backyard. Shared, you know, backyards. Just chain link fences in between all the yards. So it's very visible and very open. And there my mom and I are standing over a lawnmower having this discussion. So she's now going to pray for our lawnmower, and I am so happy for her. So we're standing there, and I take, you know, the mainline Protestant prayer pose. Feet about shoulders width apart, fingers interlocking, head looking down. My mom says, Brian, hold my hand. Mom, Brian, mom, Brian, hold my hand. Ugh. I hold her hand. Brian, what? Put your other hand on the lawnmower. What? Put your hand on the lawnmower. The Bible says wherever two or more are gathered, touching any one thing, there he will be. Fine. Hand is on the lawnmower. I'm holding my mom's hand on a summer day in the middle of her backyard. I'm holding a lawnmower and I'm holding my mom. Isn't this great? She says, okay, now we're going to pray. And I'm just like, lady, just get to it. So we start to pray and all of a sudden, a language comes out of her mouth that isn't English. Now, I also knew when my mom was a very, very little girl, she spoke Italian because her, her grandma and her mom were both, you know, fresh from the boat, Italian. So she actually spent a time growing up speaking Italian. But what was coming out of her mouth was not Italian, <clears throat> okay? So here I am standing there holding the lawnmower, holding my mom's hand and literally just staring at her like this. What has happened to my mom? I am freaked out. She says, amen. I say, amen. I pull the lawnmower up onto our like little 
patio bricked in area. I start that lawnmower up on the first try and I mow that lawn because I'm just like, what just happened to my mom? What just happened to my mom? Oh my goodness, what just happened to my mom? I'm going back and forth. Lawn probably never looked so good. To this day, if you bring up the story to my mom, <clears throat> I tell her, and then I moved it up to the, the patio so that I could pull it cleanly and got the lawn mower. And she says, well, no, we prayed and then it worked. So she still believes that mirror, that lawnmower starting is a miracle of God. I was just a totally freaked out teenager who was like, I just need some space for my, for my mom now because she just went twilight zone on me. So that was my introduction to the Holy Spirit and to an understanding that there was more that God had for us. Your introduction to the Holy Spirit hopefully doesn't have to be something that weirds you out. So the first thing you need to know about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit has always been present. And I don't just mean in your life and my life. I mean in Genesis 1 verse 2. The earth was without form and void and the darkness was over the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God, verse 2, the Holy Spirit is present hovering over the face of the waters. The best explanation that I've ever heard regarding the Holy Spirit is this. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus without the limitations of the human body. Because when Jesus walked the earth, he could only be at one place at one time. He could only minister to the people that were within the sound of his voice. Now, that was 5,000 plus people, but still it was geographically limited to where Jesus was at that moment. The Holy Spirit is not geographically limited. So Father God in his creativity and communication loves parallels and metaphors, not only in scripture, but also in nature. And in Romans 1 verse 20, and I'm going to read this out of the CEV, Contemporary English Version. It says this, for his invisible attribute, <laughs> I'm going to say it better, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in things that have been made. So they are without excuse. So God creates a witness within nature. How does that relate to the Holy Spirit? Well, let me explain. Let's take the example of water. Water, ice, and steam all share the same atomic formula, H2O. Two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. But there is a significant difference between standing in a steam room, standing in an ice room, and standing in a water room, also known as a pool. <laughs> it's a room. It's just filled with water. So instead of walking around the bottom of it, you splash on the top. It's a, it's a water room, but we'll, we'll stick with pool. So there are significant differences with a steam room, an ice room, and a water room. And, and I was, as I was writing this message, I was thinking, how great is our city, Stockholm? Because we can experience the presence of God in all these different forms. We can walk out onto a lake and drink steaming tea. Hmm, there it is. So you can see the parallel this way. Water, the Father God is water, essential to life. Jesus is the solid form, the tangible form of God. Again, ice. And the Holy Spirit is the tangible, intangible 
steam flowing in and out of everything. So, solid liquid gas, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So, <clears throat> first Holy Spirit truth, and you've heard it in Genesis 1-2, the Holy Spirit is present from the beginning. Now, next, we come to a beautiful encounter between God and his prophet Elijah. Elijah has just had a victorious conversation between himself, a solo individual prophet, and the 450 prophets of Baal. So he has this moment, God reigns supreme, God uses Elijah in a way, and they just like totally embarrasses the 450 Baal prophets. Next, through prayer, Elijah ends a three-long-year drought. He's praying and he's telling his servant, do you see a cloud? No, I don't. He goes back and prays and prays and prays. Do you see a cloud? No, I don't. Praise and praise and praise. Go, do you see a cloud? He says, I see a cloud the size of a fist. And, and Elijah says, tell the king, rain is coming. Next, this very next moment, Elijah hikes up his robes and he outruns a, ch a set of chariots, horses driven by char chariots, driven by horses, and he races them 25 miles by today's standard. So, you know, you put all those things together, you kind of ask yourself, so what, what did you do today? Seriously, encounter with 450 Baal prophets, ends a drought, and then outraces chariots. Wow, what a guy. Well, needless to say, Elijah was physically, emotionally, and spiritually exhausted after this. Elijah now runs and finds a cave to hide in, literally finds a cave to hide in. And in 1 Kings 19, Elijah, there's this conversation between Elijah and God. God asks, Elijah, what are you doing here? And it picks up in verse 11. And he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore the mountain and broke it broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord but the Lord was not in the wind and after that after the wind an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake and after the earthquake a fire but the Lord was not in the fire and after the fire the sound of a low soft whisper and when Elijah heard it he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him, and it said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And they have this conversation. So the Holy Spirit, truth number two, the Holy Spirit speaks to us. All of us. Are we listening? In the Gospels, John 16, verse 8, Jesus tells us the Spirit will come, and show the people of this world, not just believers, but hear that, the people of this world, the truth about sin, God's justice, and the judgment. I'll say it again. John 16, verse 8, Jesus tells us, the Spirit will come and show the people of this world the truth about sin, God's justice, and the coming judgment. When the Holy Spirit speaks to us through our conscience, or through his spirit, he is drawing us closer to the Father and he's preparing us 
to meet and stand before Jesus Christ. That is the movement. I had a former student once share with me that before he smoked his first joint, yeah, before he smoked his first joint, he heard the Holy Spirit warn him about the trouble that would come if he smoked it. He shared with me after his second trip to rehab how he wished he would have listened. The Holy Spirit, truth number three, the Holy Spirit works within you and through you to bring God's kingdom. Again, the Holy Spirit works in you and through you to bring God's kingdom. Listen to Jesus' last communication to his disciples. It's in Luke 24, verses 46 through 49. And again, I'm reading out of the CEV, Contemporary English Version. He told them, the scripture says that the Messiah must suffer. Then three days later, he will rise from death. They also say that all people of every nation must be told in my name to turn to God in order to be forgiven. So beginning in Jerusalem, you must tell everything that has happened. I will send you the one, not the what, the one. My father has promised, but you must stay in the city until you are given power from heaven. Acts 2 says, On the day of Pentecost, all of the Lord's followers were together in one place. Suddenly there was a noise from heaven like the sound of a mighty wind, and it filled the room, the house where they were meeting. Then they saw what looked like fiery tongues moving in all directions, and a tongue came and settled on each person there. The Holy Spirit took control of everyone, and they began speaking whatever languages the Spirit let them speak. So there is, if we look through the scriptures, and Carolyn will be sharing this with you soon, there is a public gift of speaking in tongues, but I also believe in a personal gift in speaking in tongues. Now, <clears throat> you won't see me a lot of times using my personal prayer language, especially on a video. I just don't think it translates well to media and to screen. In no way am I saying I'm embarrassed of it or shy about it in the same way that there are many aspects of Carol and I's relationship that, that are not public at all. <laughs> they're very private. They're so private that there are even aspects of our relationship that our daughters don't see. And that's important because those are those intimate moments that, that are for us. And in the same way, I love the fact that the Holy Spirit has given us this opportunity to be intimate with Him in a way that I just, I don't believe is meant for the public at large. So, so this is a very unique testimony that I have. And it relates back to uh, some of the things we talked about, maybe what might be something like my own Elijah experience. Back in Rockford, where I came to faith and was, was, had the incredible opportunity to have an internship. I had taken some time over lunch to just go to our sanctuary and pray, which was not uncommon for me. I would just break away and I just loved hanging out with God. And I loved praying and just, there's so many different things to pray about. And I just gave it to God, gave it to God, gave it to God, gave it to God. And so I was going through a, a hard season where I was asking God some, some pretty big questions. 
And I, I was up and walking up and down the aisle of my little prayer spot. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, a woman who'd been sitting two sections away just kind of came up and, and came over to me and said, excuse me. And I'd been praying in my prayer language, not for her, not for anybody else in the sanctuary, but just, just talking to Father God. She said, excuse me, um, I speak Aramaic. And um, I don't know if you know this, but over this last few minutes, you've been repeating one phrase over and over and over and over. And, and I was like, okay, like, I'll be honest, it like really surprised me, really startled me. I'm like, okay, what am I saying? And she just simply said, you've been praying for the last 20 minutes or so, my Lord, my God. And you've just been repeating it, my Lord, my God, my Lord, my God. And I was like, wow, well, thank you. And she's, you know, just very polite and very appropriate and then just kind of wandered back. And so then I was praying some more. And then I realized that had been my English prayer because I was trying to pray through what Thomas had gone through that many people call Thomas the doubter, but I call Thomas the honest because he would just say things and things would come out of his mouth and people would react. And Jesus said, okay, Thomas, you, you want to feel the nail scars? You want to feel the, the wound in my side? And Jesus appears after the resurrection. And Thomas has said, I don't believe it. I, I love your guys' testimony, but I need to know for myself. And that is what I had been praying. It's like, Jesus, there's some things that I need to hear from you about. And so in English, I'd just be saying, my Lord, my God, my Lord, my God, my Lord, my God. Because I wanted that nail print experience, that hole in the side experience that, that helped me separate some of these doubts and struggles that I had with in my head with the reality and truth of who Jesus Christ is. And here's this lady sent by God to sit in a pew two sections away at the same time, an off time, not a normal prayer time, but just this off time. And I'm there praying, walking up and down the aisles. And in my prayer language is the same thing that I've been praying in my English language. My Lord, my God, Jesus, I just need you to reveal yourself. My Lord, my God, my Lord, my God, my Lord, my God. So that hasn't happened to a lot of people, but, but it happened to me. And, and it's a memory and a moment that has stuck with me. It's been a bookmark moment of, okay, God, this says something to me about, about a personal prayer language. And it says something to me about the Holy Spirit working in and through me as I wrestle with, with the issues of faith. So let me close with this, Romans 8, 26 and 27. It says this, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Whatever that weakness is, morality, faith, doubt, anger, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So that personal prayer language, the Spirit of God, is our direct info connection to Father God, praying God's will for us, not just generally, but specifically. And in those small, intimate moments, the Holy Spirit is there helping us pray 
when we can't even form words because it's so deep or it's so hard. Thank God for God. Thank God for having the wisdom of being a triune God, a trinity, a father, a son, and a Holy Spirit. Thank God that even for all the times that we turn our back on him and turn away from him, that he sends the Holy Spirit to wrestle with our hearts, to draw us and win us back to the Father's love. Wherever you are right now, the Holy Spirit's trying to speak to you. Whatever you're going through right now, the Holy Spirit is available to you to pray with you and through you, even if you can't form the words. The Holy Spirit is interceding on your behalf and he's praying God's will for you. You're not alone. The Holy Spirit is present.